The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're a financial educational talk radio program here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm that's been around Cleveland now well over 35 years, helping people in the greater Cleveland area, both helping retirees and people who are thinking about and trying to prepare for their future retirement years. And help people use the opportunities, avoid traps in the complicated tax code, and be aware of financial choices that you have and how short-term decisions affect the long-term outcome. And certainly, there's no shortage of financial news or financial worries out there today, but there are things you can control and you can do, and hopefully we'll make you aware of some of those issues at this show. Um, the company, the estate planning team has affordable fees. Um, it's a fee-based planning firm that what we do is traditional financial planning, number crunching, financial modeling, and recommendations, and helping people with analysis so they understand Um, If I make this financial decision, what's the outcome? Or when you're faced with choices, pension election, timing of Social Security, how do you get a better result? Are you missing opportunities? And we offer a free no obligation consultation, which we do by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from the type of planning we offer. And if you're wanting a free consultation, we actually have you fill out information so that we can run preliminary analysis and helps us to determine potential problems you may not be aware of, opportunities. Um, Sometimes we can show a trend where it may look like you could be spending more or if you're worried about running out of money and you're not. Um, And again, opportunities. And certainly we're going to talk today about um, IRA and Roth planning again, since we have a class coming up, which I'll announce in a moment. But there are opportunities in each um, calendar year for many people that are often missed from IRA distribution planning or company plan, Roth conversions, Roth contributions. And you want to make sure in this environment that you're taking advantage of every available strategy and option. And if you'd like to take advantage of a free consultation, you can call the estate planning team office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. On the website, you can contact contact us for a free consultation, sign up for the newsletter, li- newsletter, listen to podcasts of previous shows, and also sign up for our September planning classes, which I said earlier, for IRA and Roth planning. So if you have IRAs, company plans or similar assets. We're talking about strategies to minimize the long-term tax impact both during lifetime and to your heirs. Roth contributions versus conversion rules. How minimum required distribution in many cases creates more tax dollars for the government and in some cases causes your Medicare premiums to increase that you may not be aware of. We're going to talk about changes that occurred with the SECURE Act that was passed a few years ago, including the elimination of the stretch IRA and proposed changes with the Secure Act 2.0. Both classes are in Middleburg Heights. They're free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register, so make sure that we have enough seats available and we have enough free workbooks for everyone attending. And it's September 14th at 6 p.m. or September 20th at 3 p.m. And you can register online or call the office at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly of the estate planning team this yeah. morning. Thanks, Carrie. So, so a lot of stuff went happened this week. So, of course, President Biden signed the new Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to confuse everybody if we use the acronym the IRA, right? Because everyone's going to hear IRA and think, are we talking about right. IRAs or are we talking about the new spending the, bill? It's <laughs> ridiculous. Our, bill. our Congress. Yeah. So they wanted to get away from the Build Back Better, right? And Because that went over but like a lead balloon. they could have come up with something well, they better just than call, I... they should have just called the Climate Control Act. Mm-hmm. 
because that's really what it is. I mean, everybody now knows it's not really going to reduce inflation. What, right. It's a joke that that's what the title of it. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's, and kinda... it's a bit it's the biggest, you know, money spent on climate control, whatever you want right. to call it. So, I was going to say, well, I'm sure our listeners have some. And we should just call it the name. Climate Control Act. Uh, I mean, but what's going to squash inflation is the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. And that is what is going to stop inflation. And and they will stop inflation. All right. And it will be painful. How painful? I don't know. That's the big question. Um, so we got federal, we got the Federal Reserve minutes this week, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll look at that. We'll talk of maybe we can highlight some of the things that you that what are in, what is in this climate control act that may help you. Right. Okay. So we'll maybe we'll touch on some of those things. And of course, we'll also we've also been talking about that don't get too caught up in the shock lines that are saying that this bill weaponizes the IRS so everyone who can fog a mirror is going to be audited to the hilt. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, But I'm sure more people will be audited. Well, audited to the point if they are doing something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, if they are... Uh, it'll stop a lot of the crooks who are filing fraudulent returns by stealing identities. It will so how many politicians will get <laughs> not it, it, the identity but crooks of It'll stop people who who are uh, not filing their tax returns. Um it'll it'll it will you know stop it will try to cut down on the small business owner who is padding expenses or it could be individuals who are padding charitable contributions. Um, you know, all these things that, you know, those. So, so yeah, but yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but don't take, you know, you know here's my point. If you're concerned, the one you should be asking about whether you don't ask your neighbor, don't ask your coworker. Don't ask your parents whether they're going to be a big target on their back for audits. The one you should be asking is your CPA or your uh, enrolled agent or someone Mm -hmm. who is preparing your return. Because ask them whether you should be concerned about uh, an increased audit risk um, and see what they tell you. Now, in the recent meetings that we've been having with our clients and their tax preparers, because, Carrie, we do an awful lot of that coordination, Correct. especially this time of year when we get to the year-end stuff, all right? And so, and, and I'm now making that a, a point on the meeting agenda. Mr. CPA, does the client have to be worried about an increased audit risk? you know, based on this Climate Control Act that President Biden signed this week. And I have yet, Carrie, to have one CPA come back and say yes. Well, I think it's too early to tell. Good luck. I think the bigger challenge is the IRS actually hiring and finding that many people that are qualified. Oh, come on. 87,000, Carrie? (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. You know, now I just hope half of those people man the phones. I'd be that happy would be a with, big start. Shoot, ten percent, Mark. All right. Um, now, the other thing too is I I have a feeling um, that what is going on. I th- I have a feeling that the Democrats are going to try to implement a tax free filing system in this country more so than what it has right now. Right now, you know, it's something out there and and uh, you know of the m- amount of people that are eligible to do it a very small percentage. This right. is like 71% of the taxpayers I think in this country and there's a lot of tax returns being filed, probably about 165 million. Um but I think 70% of them could uh, be eligible for the free filing system. They say about 3% are taking advantage of it. Well, do you uh, think you I you think that tr- you trust the government? Well, I'm not saying what I'm just saying. I think the Democrats are going to try to implement this because I think what they're going to try to do is say that I think that's part of the reason 
Um, you know, like Elizabeth Warren and, right. and 22 other, you know, Congress and, and Senate people, they've already laid it out. There's a bill already in the Senate. The House right. has a, 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 a similar bill. And what they're saying is, yeah. But I mean, it makes sense, Carrie, because everybody's com- complaining that, I mean, the, the IRS robots are doing the returns anyways. I mean, if you all you have is a W-2 and it gets electronically uploaded to the IRS... Right. If it's a really easy, you're saying, then maybe, but I don't trust them to correctly do something. And uh, I think they're going to err in their favor. All right. So, but what the back to the Federal Reserve. So, what did their minutes say? Well, so basically, it said that they, they see little evidence that the, the true U.S. inflation pressure is easing, even though. Last month's CPI numbers and PPI numbers seem to indicate that inflation has peaked, right? But peaking, it doesn't mean inflation is back down to zero, how sticky it is, and all that good stuff. Now, their next FOMC meeting is September 2021, you know, so we'll see. And then, of course, um, you know, Powell, Jerome Powell will be speaking at Jackson Hole next week. He'll be the keynote speaker right. next Friday. We always tape the show on Friday, um, so we won't have what he says by our next show but um anyways we'll see what he says in jackson hole um but here's what the meeting minute said though some reduction in inflation which has been running at a four decade highs might occur through improving global supply chains or drops in the prices of fuel and other commodities much of the heavy lifting would have to come by imposing such high borrowing costs on businesses and households that they would spend less you know they would spend less um so the the, the fed of participants you know emphasize that a slowing in aggregate demand would play an important role in reducing inflation pressures, meaning mm. they're not done with demand destruction. No. And that's where the pain's coming. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, I don't know how, I, maybe the this bear market rally is over. and But that may also be an opportunity. You had mentioned Roth conversions. Right. That may be an opportunity. You may still have one more opportunity this year where if we see another big dip after we, you know, it's been a nice right. little bear market run here um, in the markets. If we see a dip, it may be an opportunity for you to implement that final Roth conversion for the year at a discounted tax rate to move those shares over into your Roth IRA. Then if you're going to hold on to the shares anyways, so now that all, and you believe that the market will come back eventually, all that regrowth comes back tax-free right. in your Roth IRA. Now, we've also been talking about the, you know, required minimum distributions. And just why, let me throw that out, too. You know, you know, the Roth conversions, Karen, and we'll be talking a lot about Roth conversions at the class you had mentioned that are coming up here. But there is no age requirement to do a Roth conversion. We get that question a lot. So, yeah, if you're below 59 and a half, you can still do a Roth conversion. Right. Okay. Um, one of the restrictions is, though, if you are in a required minimum distribution age, currently age 72, right, you are not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth. Right. So but some, you can convert anything above the minimum. Right. With the avid caveat that you have to get your required minimum distribution done first. Which some people... Make that mistake. Right. Before you can execute the Roth conversion. All right. Um, now, the one one also a precaution, if you are planning on doing a Roth conversion before age 59 and a half, you do not want to do any withholding on that Roth conversion. Now, normally, General Rules, we, you don't never want to do withholding on your Roth conversion. You want to find another way to pay for it. And I've gone over that right. many times on this show. If, if you don't know what, it, just give us a call at the office, come in for free consultation. I'll explain that to you. But basically, it's it, it, where we have seen tax court cases many times over the decades is where the under 59 and a half year old does a Roth conversion and does withholding on it. Well, that technically is a pre fifty nine and a half distribution for the amount of the withholding, right? Because that's not going; it's not a roll. That's not rolling over to your Roth. That's going that's, to the government. That's, that's a techni- distribution, right? I was going to say it's technically a distribution, but it's just happened to go to the IRS. So be careful with that. Um, and and so the, so the Fed minutes indicating that yes, the the. the uh, 
there's going to be more rate hikes, maybe not as high as 75 basis points, maybe 50, maybe another 75. But we, we they also kind of laid that maybe the pace will be slowing. Maybe they'll go, you know, scale back from 75 basis points to 50 basis points. Maybe not next one, but maybe the one after that. So we'll see. But as far as the pain recession, right? So maybe we're in a technical recession right now with two ne- consecutive negative GDP quarters, barely negative, you know, I, whatever. But the pain recession is still coming. Well, that stinks, Mark, because if a lot of people are complaining about their utility bills, their grocery well, bills. Yeah. I mean, right now, I know I've been in the store and hear, hear people complaining about well, the prices, one of the thing that, one thing's for sure, Carrie. the The wealth gap is increasing. Right. Or the utility bills, people. I mean, there's a lot. You know, of, like, yeah. have you seen my electric bill or what the heck? But there's a lot of people in this country that they're not worried about it, right? Well, and, there are people that are, and that continue. Right. Well, yeah, the latest, you know, the, the Lending Club report, the latest statistics in June, sixty one percent of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. More than half. And I saw a headline today that said some people who are retired are now taking on part-time jobs because of the worry of the long-term effects of inflation. So they're going back to work. Right. So, yes, we see the K-shaped economy just widening. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer. The middle class is gone. And that's been a problem for the last 40 years in this country, and somebody better correct it. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't get me started, Carrie. I, I, I'm completely lost now. What was I talking about? <laughs> the Fed. No, no. So, so the recession. The, the, and the recession. Because it, really the when you look. pain's coming? Well, That's well, what you were saying? And yeah. I was like, ow. Well, you know, the, the, okay, so there, there's really three global economies that really matter. Okay, us, obviously, USA. And we just explain what's happening here. We have the wealth gap. You know, a lot of people are really hurting. A lot of people are doing really well. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you've got Europe, right? Well, Europe is going into a stagflation winter right now. It doesn't, it looks bleak. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. And, and and then you've got China, right? And China, they're on a, the, you know, a lot of people think they're on the brink of a big economic downturn. So if you've got China collapsing, economically and Europe in a stagflation will that not reach our shores you think mm-hmm. all right so that that's partly um, partly what's going on so it, it, it's just an idea that it, you know I it's it's we're not out of the woods yet um, now we've we got some US retail sales figures for the and, and they came in flat, right? So it's already indicating that perhaps things are cooling off. Um, we we saw you now that you know we got some jobless claims, so they came in at two hundred fifty thousand carry. Um, again, a little bit better than the previous week, uh, maybe two thousand better. Beat estimates of two hundred sixty thousand. That's good, but still. Above the two hundred, remember that's what we right. say that you know that that, that two hundred, three hundred thousand, you know th- that threshold. If it's more than three hundred thousand, it doesn't look good. If it's under two hundred thousand, it looks pretty good. We're still stuck in that middle. You know, are we going closer to three hundred thousand or closer to two hundred thousand? Week by week, it's changing. Right. Um, we're also watch continuing claims. That's a lot of people are watching. Is people who've been out of work can they find work? Well, that um, you know, that's a that's a week behind data. That's like two weeks behind. So um, the total right now about one point four three seven million continuing claims, slight increase of seven thousand, which is you know okay. So um, so we'll see, you know how that goes. And and the other thing too is we have a lot of clients and and who've got either kids have their student loans or they may have their student loans or their grandchildren. May have student loans. And so what's going on with that? Well, uh, in September, they're supposed to, all this uh, this deferment, is suppo- you're supposed to get started paying your loans back on track and charging interest. Right. And it, so what, it, so Biden, are they, is he going to extend it? I have no idea. Because um, it's mid-August. And it's supposed to, August 31st is coming quick. Right. Two weeks? Less and, than? 
Okay, so let's see where I have. Biden takes student loans pause decision down to wire. Do <laughs> you think? All right. Um, so President Joe Biden is keeping the suspense high over the latest student loan pause deadline, making no decision public with just two weeks left before payments and interest rates are due to resume on September 1st. Um, White House officials have said they expect the 30-month-old student loan pause to be extended beyond the midterm elections or for Biden to announce he'd shift $10,000 per borrower of debt to the taxpayers. But remember, that was his campaign pledge, right? Mm -hmm. And he hasn't come through with that pledge yet, right? The $10,000 of debt debt forgiveness. All right. Um, And the the article is saying we've never been this close to the deadline. It's usually been 30 days before they say, okay, we're extending it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all right, now. So the Democratic lawmakers, you know, they're sending letters to Biden and the Education Secretary uh, Cardona, Miguel Cardona, urging them to extend the pause for a seventh time, citing COVID nineteen as a re- blame it on the Rona, Carrie, right? Right. You, you know. Um, okay, and saying that you know resuming student loan payments at this moment would further complicate administrative actions already underway or contemplated by the department, which could contribute to unnecessary confusion for borrowers in the upcoming months. You think? Mm-hmm. You think this might be confusing to the to the st- the students? A lot confusing. Um, and also, the government, student loan servicing contractors for the federal government are reportedly being told to hold off on sending out billing statements as the deadline looms. Obviously, they think it's going to be extended. Right. So we'll see. Now, sometimes you see headlines saying, oh, but another uh, uh, student debt has been forgiven. Well, well it, that's only for schools that went under. It's for the schools, right. You know, so you saw that one this week, right? Right. The ITT, the, the Technical Institute. Right. Um, they filed bankrupt, what, six years ago? Yeah, so the Department of Education announced Tuesday that it will cancel $3.9 billion in student loan debt associated with ITT Technical Institute. And uh, it's only during certain years, too, by the way. So... Um, so the only student loan that's getting for forgiven is colleges that went under. Right. Everyone's waiting for the the ten thousand dollar pledge to to be. Was done. that in the climate bill? No, nope. no, that was <laughs> I know, not. It was it. not. Because yeah, because well, that's the that's. <laughs> That's, they throw everything else in. Yeah, that, that didn't the parliamentarian didn't agree that the you could forgive student loan debt in the budget reconciliation bill. Um, so you know, and, and and the question becomes: Does President Biden even have the power to forgive ten thousand per student loan debt? I would say no. Well, he thinks he does. Well, he thinks a lot of things that aren't necessarily um, true. So, so we'll see. So that uh, so let's see. Um, Anything else on that? Um, yeah, talked about that. So I guess that takes me to the Cassandra of the Week Award. Okay. Um, so for those new listeners, this summer I've been highlighting the Cassandra of the Week. Right. And who was Cassandra, Carrie? Cassandra was who Apollo fell in love with. She was a human, and he gave her the power or the gift of fortune telling prophecy, and yeah. prophecy and um she didn't return his love and so he gave her an additional gift out of anger was that no one would ever believe her and so that's where right we have a cassandra right and so these are the people that are giving dire predictions and is anyone believing them so this week's award goes to dana perino okay, okay. Um, i like her she's Okay. And she was discussing how the IRS has been given, you know, is being weaponized right. Right, by this Inflation Reduction Act. I'm going right. to call it the Climate Control Act. Right. Um, since we can't call it the Triple B, the Build Back Better Act anymore. Um, and, you know, saying that, what's this a word quote? Well, I think I'm not going to denigrate the members of the IRS. I'm just saying that the IRS commissioner is going to come out tomorrow and have a press conference and demand that we take back any insults to the IRS agent. Well, okay, so she's making a kind of a comment that, you know, that 
that the 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 saying that the IRS is going to be weaponized and defunding the IRS and you know all the you know you know that you know that that's you know don't blame the IRS agents they have a job right. to do right um, and there and and is every IRS agent a political um, no you know, democratic socialist I no mean, I'm uh, sure a few will be a little power trippy but um, okay. Um, Okay, and now now she goes on to say, and now I think Democrats are having some regret going all in on the IRS deal because we have proof, nonpartisan proof, that you are five times more likely to be audited the less wealthy you are. Okay, she said what you were saying. Yeah, and, and that's partly because the... The earned income credit you were talking the about. child tax credit right. and all these advanced credits... The, the the many people were even remember the stimulus check uh, you know people were saying i never got my stimulus check so then right. they would file for it on the tax return and it's like well you kind of did get your stimulus check you just didn't know or you forgot right all right um or what have you so there there's a lot of that when you're talking about 165 million tax returns right um and by the way, Biden's pledge of no one making under four hundred thousand, right? You remember right. that was that was all caught up in this. And it, it, uh, by the way, of the hundred sixty-five so million tax returns being filed, about maybe about one point eight percent, I think, is above four hundred thousand. Okay, not a great you know majority. No, um, but I would think at some point those would be audited because it's return of effort right. so this is where you know she goes on she and she i think i talked about this last week too um senator mike crapo's uh amendment excuse me it's not crapo everybody knows that it's crapo okay <laughs> oh. it's now it's spelled c-r-a-p-o but well, appra- pra- apparently it's it, it's it's a capital a so it's crapo oh <laughs> okay so but crapo you know, proposed a crapo uh, amendment, you right. know, uh, amendment, right? Because he was trying to twist it and saying, "Oh, well, since President Biden promised no one under four hundred thousand dollars, we're going to see a penny increase in taxes with this bill. Then why don't we go ahead and ha- and put an amendment in the bill that says no one making under four hundred thousand could be audited? Which is that's not realistic." Okay. okay, well, that's saying everybody just don't pay taxes. Right. Yeah. yeah, what type of compliance do you think you would get if that was... Mm. Um, okay. Um, and and I don't care how Stephen Moore wants to spin that. He, I, I'm done with Stephen Moore, you know, and, 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 and saying, oh, well, yeah, see, see, that's what the Democrats, you know, they're, 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 they know they're going to go after, you know, the small taxpayer. Well, we'll see. Ask your CPA. Don't ask Stephen Moore. All right. Um, all right. And because, you know, every Democrat voted no against that amendment. And they're saying, see, see, we told you. Um, all right. Why would they want? And so, so, so Dana goes on to say, well, why would they want to vote no? Well, because in order to pay for the Inflation Reduction Act, they had to find the money somewhere. Where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from you. And it's going to come from these audits. And that's why they had to do this. They'll be coming back for more pretty soon. And basically, they're trying to audit the poor to buy rich electric vehicles. So she gets the Cassandra of the Week award. Okay. Um, all right. All right. So, Carrie, let's see. Um, so if you're concerned that whether you think there's going to be a U.S. recession – or perhaps that you think the Federal Reserve will not be able to control inflation, or at least not for many, many years, what do you do? Well, that's where the financial planning model comes into play. And we've talked about that on this show as long as we've been doing this show, Carrie. And how long have we been doing this show? 20-plus mm, years now. Right. And we always say, well, there's three simple things you can do to protect you and your family from the next, I don't care what you want to call it, an economic downturn, I'm just going to call it, right? And one is to maintain an adequate cash reserve. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can still you know, manage your, what you, your life 
without, if you don't want to, having to sell your stocks low. Or have to withdraw money from an IRA when you're already getting wages or something else, which adds insult to injury. Right. And so by not having to, and, you know, and, and that idea is saying that, yeah, that you had give yourself that flexibility to say, okay, I still want to buy this car that I was planning on buying, mm-hmm. but I don't want to sell my stocks low or my bonds low. I remember the bonds, right. you know, everything, you know, in the first half of the year, the 60-40 was a big negative, um, you know, and, and using the cash reserve gives you room for the, your investments to come back, you know, and that, okay. <clears throat> also, by the way, if you're not selling your stocks, you're at least collecting the dividends, right, or the interest that the bonds are paying. All right. The second thing is do is don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. And that's a big one is because people don't know how, what growth rate they need to make their money last. And I think that's where as an eye opener for our financial planning model, when you're looking at 20, 25, 30 years is if you can have a conservative growth rate and I can retire when I want, or if I'm already retired, I can do all the spending that I would like to do then why am I taking on more risk in the market than I need to to be okay? Because I want my pile to get bigger. Because you're greedy. And some people want that. Their goal is, I want this. Absolutely. And that's okay. Right. But other people, if I don't have to take on the risk and I can be fixed mostly and very little in growth and that gives me, allows me to sleep at night and I have that peace of mind that hey, okay, my net worth's growing to a six hundred thousand instead of eight hundred, but I can still do all my spending. Then now I know it's it's that knowing your number and knowing what you need, what needs to happen to be okay. Right. I mean, and and we say that facetiously, you know, the, the greed factor. But Carrie, how many clients over the years we show them all day long they could be spending a lot more money on discretionary spending, right? And when it when push comes to shove, the answer we get back is saying, "Yeah, I know I can." But what really drives them, right, is watching their net worth grow, right? So, and I'm thinking of a couple we we modeled in, you know, an uh, economic downturn and slow growth. I think we used like two percent. This was uh, last year, two percent growth across the board. And they're still never even close to running yeah. out of money. Now, they will never realistically go to all fixed. But we've had clients go to all fixed. Absolutely, over we, the yeah, years. Yeah, we've had clients who say, well, we have clients who don't have a dime in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're happy as it can be. Right. Especially right now. And that that's okay, too. It just right. depends. That's, Everyone's different. That's why you don't ask your neighbor. But at least having that model says, I know. Right. And that's the third. So back to the second thing is don't take on more risk to be okay. Part of that is the rebalancing. In other words, if if you are planning on it being a 60-40 or a 50-50 allocation, and because of the rise of the stock market up until this year, the three previous years, we had double-digit returns, including the 2020 right. year with the Rona recession, the idea is that your, your 60-40 might have got out of whack. You may be closer to 70-30. Do you know? Some people don't pay attention. Now, if you're using a professional investment advisor, chances are they are rebalancing for you, right? But if you're doing it at home or if you don't know or if all your money is in a 401k plan that you really have no professional advisor helping you with, you might be out of whack, right? So you've got to rebalance to to get back to that risk allocation that you're targeting. And then, of course, the third thing is what you were kind of just referring to is build your plan R, and to us, you know, plan A is your current plan, your current economic model. And by the way, if you don't have plan A yet, you can't build plan R. Right. Okay. And that's some people don't understand that. It's like, well, you got to start with a base case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you have a base case, now we can run additional models altering one of the assumptions that you made in your base case. And that R is a worst case scenario. Recession, recovery, whatever you want to call it. Um, the idea is saying, okay, in, in this example, this year it may be, Mark, I want to model in an economic downturn, a U.S. Mm-hmm. recession. Or I, I was only, my plan A was only using 3.5% inflation, not 8 
Okay, right. so I want to use 8% inflation for this year, 6% for next year, 4% the following year, you know, that type of thing, mm-hmm. where you're saying it's going to be a while before we're back to the norm, right? And and that's where you, you this this new model then projects and say, okay, now based on those worst case scenario assumptions, what does the financial longevity of your plan look like? That's the eye opener. And for some people, you're going to be okay, even worst case scenario. And other people, if you're not, then you can say, if I don't want to work as long, maybe I can quit my full-time job and work part-time for this amount of years um, and make this amount of money, or I can cut discretionary spending by 20%. Some people don't mind cutting dis- spending. Other people don't mind working. So it's your plan, and we can customize every variable. And that's part of what we do at the estate planning team and look for opportunities we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we're doing by phone or in person, whether you want to look at comprehensive planning, step-by-step through the analysis, recommendations, and implementation, or you're someone who wants to look at IRA distribution, Roth conversions, other pension elections, or other specific issues um, that we can help with. And we don't do investments. I know we talked about the risk, how much risk. We do the financial modeling, and our clients either do the investments on their own, or we work with their existing investment advisor to coordinate the plans and get a better result. So take advantage of of a free no obligation consultation at 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We will call you back on Monday morning. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And don't forget to sign up for September IRA and Roth planning classes on September 14th at 6 p.m. or September 20th at 3 p.m. Both are in Middleburg Heights. And that's financialfoodforthought.com. Right. And so you're listening to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we've certainly talked and gotten our clients used to that year-end planning. In other words, what you should be looking at at the year-end and to not only take advantage of this year still, but also setting up for next year or even beyond next year. Um, Carol, let's just spend a couple minutes on what are some of the things that are in this, what I'm going to call the climate control act. Right. Um, all right. So I'll do one, Carrie, if you got, you got one there. Okay. I'll do one. I'll start off. Okay. Right, so, so part of this is the, the energy efficient things you can do for your home, right? So, all right, so the break for adding solar panels is extended through 2034. So individuals get a tax credit for installing an alternative energy system that relies on renewable energy sources such as solar, wind, geothermal, or fuel cell, fuel cell technology. The cost of wind turbines, solar panels, solar electric equipment, and solar-powered water heaters is eligible for the credit, whether they are installed in a primary residence or a vacation home. Starting in 2023, the credit is expanded to cover battery storage technology that is installed in your residence. The credit equals 30% of the cost of the equipment and installation for 2022 through 2032. It falls to 26% in 2033, 22% in 2034, and ends after 2034. Wow, they really extended it for a chunk of time usually it's all short term now how many of our listeners are going to be in that but we have clients who are doing some of that and certainly if you are doing that you want to get the tax credit right and take advantage of it um the other one mark i I, only because i had someone ask about it was the excise tax on a repurchase of a stock for corporate stock repurchased after december 31st 2022 a new 1% excise tax will be imposed on the value of a covered corporation stock repurchased during that taxable year right so so the the gap pundits out there will tell you that that is going to ruin your stock portfolio including if all the place you own stocks is in 401ks or right. you mutual funds. you don't own stocks in 401ks you own mutual funds that own stocks in 401ks right um and but really you know if but ask but again don't ask the pundits you know ask your investment advisor if they think that that one percent tax is going to the theory is that 
this 1% tax will um, make companies less likely to buy back their own stock. If you're a stockholder in a company, right. the stock purchase usually builds the price of the stock. So you like that, right? Right. So in a backdoor way, um, it, if, if there's a tax to buy back stock, it will deter the companies from doing it, meaning the stocks will come down. That's the that's the spin that right. the GOP is trying to say. But when really, I, you know, again, with the coordination of all, again, as you mentioned, with we're working with our clients' investment advisors, we're asking, that's on the agenda now for that question. And, mo- and wasn't I back and saying, most people think that 1% is, is, is a non-issue. Right. Now, the concern is if once, which is a valid concern, we've seen this historically, is once there is a new tax on the books, the tendency to ratchet up the tax rate is is the potential risk. Right. In other words, it's starting at 1%. Which is a starting place. The fact that it's starting to get tax on that is saying, where's it going to go in the future? Right. And, and if it gets to be 5%, 10%, maybe then, then some of those concerns will be valid. At 1%, most of the professional investment advisors that I talk to say, no, the average you know, American who has got mutual funds in a 401k, they're not going to be affected by this. Um, all right, here's an, you know, now, again, I don't know about solar panels, Carrie. If you're going to that, if you're going to put those on your house, but in Northeast ma- Ohio, I don't know if it's how that many bad. people put in new windows. Yeah, you, okay. I was going to say. So here, so, so part of the credit that is now in this new Climate Control Act is for adding energy efficient improvements to your main home. Okay. okay. So and this was this was on. We've had this before, and we had a lot of clients. Clients was on the books before. Take advantage of it. It went away. Now it's back. Right. Okay. For twenty twenty two, it's retroactive. Okay. All right. Um, the credit applies to ten percent of the cost of certain types of insulation plus external windows, doors, and skylights. The credit also includes 100% of the cost of electric heat pumps and water heaters, some central air conditioning systems, and similar energy-saving investments. There is a lifetime credit limitation of $500, and the credit is capped for many items. No more than $150 for hot water boilers and furnaces, $200 for a window, and $50 for a furnace circulating fan, for example. Um, the credit originally expired at the end of last year, but Congress has now renewed it. So okay. again, you be, these are the small little things, but sometimes the little things add up. Right. And if and if the credit's out there, why not take advantage of it? So so if you're it's back to that coordination of advisors, Carrie. Right. right. So you've got to let your tax preparer know, and and that if you purchase some of these things, right, and at least take advantage of it because if your motivation which for some people is, I don't want the government to get a dime. I don't care if it's, you said $200, I was thinking for Windows. I don't care if it's $10, I don't want the government to get. I'd rather keep in my own pocket. Um, The other one is the health insurance. Um, The Affordable Care Act subsidies were were supposed to expire at the end of this year. And they've- The increase subsidies. Right, and they uh, extended through 2025. And they also said households with incomes higher than 400% of the federal poverty line remain eligible for the premium tax credit also through 2025. Right. And and that was a lot of our clients. So we spend a lot of time with our clients who are in that transition period, Carrie, from working where they were covered on an employer plan. Right. And age 65 when Medicare eligibility begins, right? Because health care premiums, if, um, if self-pay before 65, are pricey. And so, so and this gets back to the, the coordinated effort in economic plan, building an economic financial model. It goes beyond just what stocks and bonds you're investing in, Carrie. Believe me, it goes way beyond mm-hmm. that. Um, and the idea is... If you know that you're going to be in that transition period, that you are going to be not covered by employer plan before 65 Medicare eligibility, you need to find your own health insurance, right? And that means for a lot of folks, you're going to go on to the Obamacare exchanges, the affordable health care exchanges, and you're going to get 
sticker price shock, right? Yeah. When you price out the silver plan, right? Right. Um, but that's where these subsidies come into play. So, and the subsidies were increased as part of the Rona, so you know, you know, relief, and they were they were set, and so even higher income uh, people could get the subsidies. And that was in place for 2021, and 2022 was supposed to end it after 2022. But now this Climate Control Act has extended it, Gary. Again, you said for three years, right, through 2025. Mm-hmm. And so for our clients, we've helped in that, in, in that area is we knew that they were going to be in this window period. So we had planned for it. We had said, okay, the first thing we need to do is if you want to get the subsidy, you've got to keep your – taxable income, your adjusted gross income below a certain level. And we plan for that. Absolutely you plan for that. Because why not? And you know, and the idea is saying, okay, how do you plan for that? Well one, you better you know have a good idea of what your true cash flow expenses are. Which is understanding what your expenses are now, discretionary and getting right. a good handle on that during that window of time. And two, it's you better have a built up a cash reserve that you can rely on while you're trying to keep your taxable income low. Okay, because you know that that is saying because if to use your cash doesn't cost you anything tax wise, right? But you also want to use a combination, ideally, or it's even while you're working, is pulling a certain amount of your tax qualified up to maybe a certain level, your IRAs and company plans. Do you have a Roth pot of money built? Okay, let's talk about the Roth part because that's the second one. If you have a Roth IRA going into that window period, you could rely on your Roth IRA distributions that, again, gives you the cash flow you need and doesn't go into your adjusted gross income. Correct. All right. Um, so, yeah. So are you willing to say, yeah, that's that may be a good reason why, Mark, I'm going to use some of my Roth IRA before I'm 80 years old. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, and then the third thing is what you kind of said. So in other words, you target whatever that sweet spot is. This is where the coordination with your CPA becomes so important again. You know, we, we, we work with our client CPAs are in this window period, and the CPA is giving us an indication of what type of adjusted gross income that we want to target, okay, to get those sweet spots so they're getting the maximum right. subsidy. You know, and, and that's where we say, okay, well, let's get to that level. And that's where you could use your IRA distributions or tax qualified plans, assuming there's no pension, right. let's say. And let's say you're deferring Social Security to age 70. Which might be, or it might be a reason if you're younger and you think, I'm going to retire early and take Social Security at 62. This may be reason alone not to take Social Security. And so what, so the idea is saying, okay, now, so now I've got this target about what I want my AGI to be during these years where I'm going to be on the Obamacare exchanges and getting the subsidies. Now, how much cash do I need to get those three years, let's say, or two years? How much Roth distributions am I going to need? And how much IRA distributions or tax qualified plan distributions are going to be? Now we're putting an effective plan together, but you still need that longevity that says if you follow that are you still going to have enough money that you don't run out before a lifetime right and that so that's all what you try to build in in your financial model it's more than just picking a balanced mutual fund Mm -hmm. or putting all your money into an annuity financial planning is more than that all right. Th- these are the type of discussions that we're having with our clients as we navigate a very uh, difficult financial time period that I think it, we're not through the woods yet. Mm-hmm. And these are the discussions that you should be having with your CPAs, with your investment advisors, with your financial planners. And if you're not having those discussions, then what are you talking about? That's what we try to help clients understand. 
And during these times of economic uncertainty more than ever, and if you're worried about inflation, market volatility, future tax increases, you know, you want to make sure that you're taking control of your financial life and knowing what steps you should take, what strategies you should use, how to take advantage of opportunities so that you are creating future tax efficient income and looking at all the pieces and parts. Um, so you're getting more net spendable dollars and getting clarity and peace of mind. And you can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation by phone or in person or sign up for our September IRA and Roth planning classes in September. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie. So you used up all my time, Carrie. Okay. Um, I don't know about that, Mark. A few, a few, <laughs> a few minutes left. So we, we've been. So last week we started, and we'll do this for a few weeks, Carrie. But we'll, we'll, we, we, you know, we get so many questions about required minimum distributions. And last week's show, we kind of started the basic rules. I want to pick up. We had dropped off last week talking about. Um, Withholding, you know, we get a lot of questions for first-time RMD people. Say, well, how does the withholding work on my RMDs? And it's really up to you. Now, unless, of course, if you're t- if if you're taking a required minimum distribution out of a company qualified plan like a four hundred one k, there's going to be like a twenty percent mandatory federal withholding, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that's hard to get around. You and and a lot of but pe- there's a way to do it. Well, if you take it out of the plan, if you roll your 401k to an IRA, right? because the IRAs don't have a 20% mandatory federal withholding. Right. Um, and a lot of people do it for that. I was going to say, we've had somebody open up an IRA savings account, and if they needed 10000 then they roll it to that first, then withdraw it with no well, withholding. You, you still have to do your RMD for the 401k, right. but, but if you... But if you start, yeah, because again, you can't commingle right. the RMDs with the 401k and the IRA. But I mean, you can be creative. Um, that works well, Carrie. If you're if before it's not an the RMD, RMD, right? If if you're just trying, yeah, that's more common. If before the RMD, you're trying to take money out of 401k and you don't want twenty percent federal withholding, you could roll it to an IRA. Or you want a plan so that you're not making estimated payments, so you're not just waiting around for a refund. And that's what I wanted to get back to, Carrie. So thank you. Yeah, so the the idea is the estimated payment. So that's the benefit. See, one of the benefits of withholding is that um, as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government treats it as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. Whereas those quarterly estimates are timed, you know, April 15th, June 15th, right. coming up September 15th and, and January 15th. Um, but withholding, yeah. So in certain years, you might not know whether you want to be on the previous year safe harbor or the current year safe harbor. This year is a good example of that. Right. Because last year, so many people had such large capital gains that their taxes last year were very high. And then looking at it this year, their capital gains are nowhere near last year's level. Right, but estimated payments are always based on a previous year if safe you're following harbor that rule. because that's the known number. Right, so you might have already made two payments based on the 110% previous year safe harbor when now you're realizing your capital gains aren't going to be as high. See, if you're doing by withholding, we have a lot of clients say, I'm not going to make any estimated payments. I just know when my RMD, I'm going to leave enough in the back pocket that I'm going to make a withholding election. Now we can wait and get that right number. And it helps with cash flow issues too for people. Right. So that's part of the planning, the year-end planning that we talked about. Come to the class. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.